Matthew 5:43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than the others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, We are talking about blessing our community. This is the second sermon in a series of, uh, of sermons on this idea that we can love each other well that there are ways that we can love each other well that maybe that we're not practicing right now. Uh, things that we can do that are fairly simple, like praying well for each other, like praying for each other. Uh, Brooks talked about that last week. Or listening to each other. And this is super important because all of us really want to be listened to. All of us want people to hear us and know us. The reason that social media is so very, very popular is because it gives us an opportunity to say something to many hundreds of thousands of people, and maybe one of them will hear us. And then when people like the things that we post, it feels like they hear us, right? It feels like they're listening to us. And it's not just social media. We are constantly talking to one another and constantly hoping that someone will listen well. And so tonight we want to talk about listening well because listening well is a part of loving well. Um, Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 is talking to the people who have come to listen to him preach. This is from the Sermon on the Mount and he is teaching them about how they can follow him, how they can be his disciples and how they can come to walk in right relationship with God. And so he says, uh, you have heard it said. And and he says, but I say to you. And so he is going to go through a number of different points in the Sermon on the Mount, and this is the last that he comes to where he says, but I say to you, I want you to hear what God has to say, not what you have heard. Because the truth is, we hear what we want to hear. Even though we know that it's important when other people listen to us and we feel valued when people listen to us, when we listen ourselves, we often just hear what we want to hear. We often just take away whatever meaning is beneficial to us at the time. And so Jesus knows that, and Jesus is going to speak that uh, to the people that's following him. Uh, He also wants us to know that we need to hear what God wants. And that's the turn that he's going to make there, right? In Matthew chapter 5, you have heard it said, but I say to you. So it's important not just for us to listen, right, but to listen to God specifically because His words for us are far more important than any other words that we might hear. And specifically in this case, in this series tonight, we're going to talk about how listening to God is going to enable us to listen to our neighbor. Because that passage, it ends with a really hard phrase, right? That last phrase there in Matthew chapter 5 is, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I don't feel up to perfection today. So what does that mean and how can that be the case that we can be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect? So that's what we're going to seek out tonight. And like Jason said, we're going to end by practicing listening to each other. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we do want to listen to you well. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to take it in. Lord, we want it to change our hearts and our lives. I pray that it would tonight. I pray that you would help us to take in your words 
and that we would be better people because of it. And not just better people, Lord, but the people that you made us to be, fulfilling our God-given purpose, loving each other well, contributing to the saving of many, Lord, in our lives. We ask that this would be true, not because it will make uh, us better, Lord, but because it will bring glory to your name. Amen. I said that we have not heard what uh, God wants us to hear because we've heard what we wanted to hear. In Matthew 5, Jesus starts this section in the Sermon on the Mount saying, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. What's he talking about? Jesus is talking about the law as it is being passed down to the Jews of his day. So they have the written word. The word has been transcribed and their scribes and their teachers of the law can read it to them. So they have the written word, but they also have the oral word. They have all of these traditions that have been handed down along with the written word. And in the oral traditions, you get this idea that not only should you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also that you should probably hate the people who don't. And where do they get that idea? Where do they come to that notion that you should hate the people who don't love God? Well, God does tell Israel that they need to wipe out all of those people in the land of Israel that are not God-fearing. And that is because of a specific punishment that God has in mind for them. But Israel takes that and they said, well, they're not our brothers. And so we, we should love our brothers because in Leviticus chapter 19, God tells us in the written word, you must love your neighbor, you should love your brothers. This is important. But he doesn't specifically tell us to love our enemies exactly. In fact, he does tell us to kill some of our enemies. So we must have to hate our enemies. And besides, that works out well for us. Right? It works out well for us if we can hate our enemies because we like to hate our enemies. We like to feel good when bad things happen to the people we don't like. And so they have heard what they wanted to hear. And this is not listening. Uh, Brooks was very kind to me this morning in North Liberty. He preached and he used an example from my own life. But since it's my own life, I'll use it tonight. Um, he talked about a situation that happened in my marriage very early on. My wife and I have been married a couple of years. And... Uh, we had bought our first house together, and we, you know, had set it up. We didn't have any kids. So we spent all of our time just making it look nice and inviting people over and saying, isn't this a nice house? And one time, uh, people had come over, and they had left, and my wife looked at the trash can, and she said, the trash is getting full. I said, yeah, I guess it is. And I went on with my evening, right? And then later, uh, maybe the next day or something, like, it hadn't been taken out because I had not heard what she had said. I had heard what I wanted to hear, which was this strange observation that the trash was full. And she repeated herself. And I said, why are you telling me this again? And she said, well, aren't you going to take it out? And I said, but you didn't ask me to take it out. She said, yes, I did. I said, no, you never said the words, would you please take out the trash? If you had said the words, would you please take out the trash? I would have taken out the trash. And she said, but I did say that. Because she had asked with different, in specific words, I was going to hold her to account, right, by my standard of justice. And I heard what I wanted to hear. And we do this for lots of reasons, right? What I was doing was um, I was confirming a suspicion or, or a prejudice with regard to my wife that she couldn't be as specific as I wanted her to be, right? I basically just had this standard that I was going to hold her to. But we do this with all kinds of things in our world, in our lives, with our family members. You don't have to be married to have experienced this. 
If you've had a roommate, if you've had a friend, if you've had a sibling or a parent, you have probably experienced this where somebody has said something to you and you didn't hear them, you heard what you wanted to hear because you had some idea in your mind already, either about them or about what they were saying, any number of things. Or it could be that you're looking, right, you're devious because we're devious sometimes, this happens, right? Anybody been devious today? Want to admit it? Nobody wants to admit it? It's all right. God knows. And we want to ensnare people. We want to entrap people. We're waiting for them to say the wrong thing. You see this often, right, with little children. When you start to hold children to account, right, and then you deviate even to the slightest with their sibling, they're like, but you said, right? They want to hear what you have to say as long as it gets them what they want. So they try to entrap or ensnare Or maybe we hear what we want to hear just because we want to justify ourselves. We don't actually listen. We just want to justify ourselves. And I think that that's what's going on with Israel. Uh, They had heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And they said, yeah, I think that's good. I think I want to justify that behavior. That makes sense to us. But God says, Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. When we listen to hear what we want to hear, we will not hear what God wants us to hear. So Israel, in this case, is listening to hear what they want to hear. And so they can't hear what God wants for them. What God wants for them is to be sons of God. That's his desire for them, to be sons of their Father who is in heaven. What's their desire for themselves? Lots of things. National pride, maybe. Personal pride. All kinds of things. But it's not what God wants for them. And so they're listening to hear what they want to hear, not what he wants them to hear. So we need to hear what God wants us to hear. That's what listening is. That's who he designed us to be. To be people who can hear his voice. That's who we're created to be. So he goes on. He says, I say to you, Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes, this is God's character, he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers, uh, only greet your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? He's saying the people who don't have God, they they keep the same standard that you're trying to keep here. But you have me. We have a relationship with each other, God says. So have more. Have more. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. If you're going to love them, you're going to have to listen to them. And that's going to mean setting aside the things you want to hear for the thing God wants you to hear. It's going to be very difficult because we want to hear what we want to hear. We want to hear those things that help us feel good about ourselves. And God is saying, don't listen to that. That is selfishness. That is pride. That is vain ambition. All of those things are going to get in the relationship, or get in the way of the relationship between you and me. And if you have a good relationship with me, you will be like me. You'll be like me. And that's what he wants for us is to be like him, to be his sons and his daughters living in the same way that he lives when he comes to earth. Because not only is this God saying this, right, but this is Jesus saying this. Jesus who comes and walks among us. Jesus who lives the life that we live. And so 
Jesus understands what it means to hear. All throughout the Gospels, Jesus is going to different people who have not been heard and who desperately need to be heard. He's going to people like lepers, and in the Bible, right, when we see leprosy, there's all kinds of skin diseases covered there, but for whatever reason, these people are kept outside of the community. They cannot participate in the community, and Jesus is going to listen to them. So he's going to listen to people who need to be heard desperately, people who are ceremonially unclean, people who are poor, people who are not supposed to inherit the kingdom, right? But nevertheless, he's going to them and he's listening to them. The reason, most of you know this, right? But the reason why the Good Samaritan parable is so powerful is because the Samaritans are the neighbors of the Jews, the cousins of the Jews, and the Jews have decided that those people are not worth listening to. Those people have no part in us. We love our brothers, but we hate those enemies. And Jesus says, no, those people are your neighbors. And you need to love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, you even need to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And this feels impossible. But look at Jesus. His speech and his action are consistent. When Jesus says, love your enemies, what does Jesus do? He loves all of his enemies. Even Judas, his betrayer, he allows to walk alongside of him and receive his teaching day in and day out. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, he prays for those who persecute him. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So his will, it's constant and true because he is following the will of his Father. He is listening to his Father. And because he is the Word, we can love him and be loved by him and hear what God wants us to hear. So this is listening. And what does this look like in our everyday lives? Because to say that Jesus and his example are listening, it means walking like Jesus. It means being a disciple of Jesus. Listening to what he said, literally, reading his words, but also doing what he did. Because he is the Word. This is how John describes him in the Gospel of John, as the Word of God, as the Word made flesh. So if you want to hear what God is saying to you, look at the life of Jesus. See what he does. Watch how he interacts with other people. Don't hear what you want to hear, but hear what God is saying. And this will help you to love one another. It's going to enable us to love one another because God is calling us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, and we need a model Right? We need a path forward because we can't do this by ourselves. We don't know how to do this by ourselves. But when we hear God's word, we can view our neighbors the way that he does. Jesus teaches us very clearly, right? these people are your neighbors. And who does he teach us are our neighbors? The people who are social outcasts, the people who don't look like us, the people who don't have any sort of standing in society, the people who have been rejected because they're sinners. Jesus is a man of sorrows, the Bible says, right? He is, he is acquainted with grief. And so we know that about him. We know that he is going to those people who are sorrowful. We also know, and Jason pointed to this earlier, that he is going to those who rejoice. He goes to a wedding feast. Jesus is constantly eating with people, with tax collectors, and he's accused of eating with sinners. He's accused of being a drunk because he's going and he's spending his time with these people. So that's what loving our neighbors like Jesus looks like. And when we hear God's word, his purposes become our purposes. This is 
again, listening to what Jesus has in store for his disciples. They want to take over the world, literally, physically, with an army. They're hoping that Jesus, at some point in his ministry, gets to the nation-building phase, right? And he never does. They're like, Jesus, when, when are we going to do this, right? We've only got two swords. And he's like, that's enough. And they're like, really? Two swords? Is that enough? And he's like, yeah, you guys have missed the point. That's not what we're here to do. But that's often what you and I are here to do. When we get up in the morning, we tell ourselves things like, we are going to take over the world, right? You can do this. We say affirmative things to ourselves in the mirror. Because we want to have success in this world. Because we want to have the things of this world. And Jesus says, no, let the Lord's purposes be your purposes. Let his will be your will. And when we hear God's word, that's when we can be perfect as he is perfect. And what does his word say? His word says that we are sons and daughters if we have accepted Jesus. That we are co-heirs with Christ. That we are friends of God. That we are loved by God. That's how we can be perfect as he is perfect. Because we find our identity in him. If we listen to everything going on in the world around us, we will become confused. We'll become angry. We'll become upset about everything going on around us. Because it doesn't matter what you believe, you can find somebody who vehemently agrees with the opposite side, who rejects everything that you have to believe in, right? And so if you meet those people, you can quickly become angry and feel like, why is the entire world out to get me? When in fact, the whole world is destroying itself without Christ. And so if you want to be perfect in this world, it's not a matter of getting rid of all of those people who disagree with you or shutting down their opinions, but about loving them the way Christ loves them, sacrificially, giving up your life for them the way that he does, taking up your cross the way that he does. Not in your own strength, not in your own power, because he also sets the example that way. He says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do this, and you can as well. So when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, He's just saying, walk like I walk. Do what I do. Follow in my footsteps because this is what I'm doing. I am following in the path that God has laid out for me. So we want to spend a few minutes tonight listening to each other. And I said to you that we are in danger constantly of hearing just what we want to hear. And I don't want any of us here tonight to walk away having felt like that's all you heard. It's just what you wanted to hear. I want you to hopefully hear what God wants you to hear and to look to the example of Jesus to do that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with this question. How do we fail to listen to God or to each other as God would have us listen? And to just start, just talk to the person next to you. Ask your spouse. If you're not sitting next to anybody, find a person to sit next to you, Brody, and talk to somebody real close to you. There you go. Bo's, Bo's good. And just have a little conversation. And Jason's going to come up here, and then Jason and I are going to ask this same question to you. All right, everybody, let's try and have a group conversation now, or at least a group listening session. But I want you all to know that Jason and I want to listen as well. So if any one of you wants to start, that's great, and we will listen to you and give others the chance to listen to you. But if you don't want to talk, that's all right. We'll just talk to each other, and you can listen to us. But we'd rather listen to you as well. So does anybody have a response to this? How do we fail to listen to God or to each other as God would have us listen? What are the, 
specific ways in which we fail to listen to God or to each other? Anybody. You can just shout it out. Own agendas, yes. Don't make time. We are distracted. Yeah. Yeah, we don't even make space for other opinions often, right? What was that one? We just don't want to do it. Absolutely correct, we don't want to. That is correct. Others. Yes. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was thinking of my crushing reply. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? What about specifically for each other? So some of those were more about God, some of them more about each other, but specifically for each other, for people in your life. How do you struggle to listen to the people in your life? Yeah, so sometimes when we've been hurt by a person or in a situation with that person, we don't hear what they're saying because we only feel. And it's just pain. Yeah, going in depth is challenging, right? And for some of us, it's very challenging. We know how to stay at like 20,000 feet, right? But we can't land the plane. Just keep us up here all day long. Yeah, I, I'm great. You people, not so much, right? But we think a lot of ourselves, for sure. Okay, what about how God has taught you to listen to what he wants? How is God teaching you or has he taught you to listen to himself and to listen to what he wants? Hearing him repeatedly, hearing God repeatedly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes God has to repeat himself many times, not because he needs to, but because we need him to. Through reading his word? Yeah, just being quiet before God. How else has he taught you or is he teaching you? Suffering. Suffering. Grieving properly after the suffering. Surrounding yourself with the body of believers. Yeah, God intends for us to all work together and to live with one another, even through the hard stuff. And so surrounding ourselves with the body, like Caitlin says, is very important to hearing what he has to say. I'll ask Jason, since he's just standing up here for no other reason, how has God taught you? I'm listening, Josh. Thank you. Um, by slowing me down, yeah. Uh, sometimes that's through suffering. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes it's, it's with kids. You know, I'll be walking fast and they're like, oh yeah, a child's back here. Um, kids literally slow you down, but they also cause you to have to slow down and listen to what they're saying. And sometimes it's not the most efficient conversation. So through suffering and through kids, he's taught me just to slow down, to not be in such a hurry. And that goes into like what we were talking about earlier too, like being distracted. I'm, I'm like five steps down the road, but just slowing down to listen to people and to God is very hard for me. And so God has had to force the issue and just slow me down so that I can hear from him and hear from others. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, meditating. Yeah. God has revealed himself through his word. There's only one supreme, all-powerful God, so what he has to say is significant, right? We should spend some time thinking about it. Yeah. What about those who have heard you and who have listened well because they've been listening to God? What does that look like for you? I know for me... Um, it has looked like actually people listening to me well, loving me well. I see how, how I fall short um, when others will come to me and they'll say, hey, do you remember when you said whatever it is that I said? And I have no idea what it was I said, but they remembered. And they, they demonstrate their care for me by listening to me well. And they also demonstrate their care by listening to God well and sharing that love with me. So that's, that's been really valuable in my own life. Others, though? How have people who have listened to God heard you well? What does that look like? Yeah, not just a one-and-done prayer request. We prayed for you last year. Right? But yeah, updates following up, just finding out what's going on in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, so just abiding with people, living with people in their pain, in their suffering, in their joy, whatever it is, and not just, here's this theological nugget to solve that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's important for us to give each other patience and to allow and to foster candor Right? If we can't be candid with one another, then we will always be afraid of not saying the right thing, and that doesn't help. That's good. Somebody caring for you genuinely is huge, right? And I can say with conviction that that comes from the Lord, because we will seek ourselves out given the opportunity, right? So when people are seeking us out genuinely, it's God at work in them for sure. Yeah, if we, just, if we just repeat back what people say to us, then it's not really listening, right? Brooks did a good job uh, this morning in North Liberty of talking about the difference between uh, just being able to hear to repeat versus uh, hearing for understanding, and hearing for understanding is very important. Something that I had to learn, um, young husbands, take a note real quick. Uh, sometimes your wife doesn't want you to fix it. She just wants you to hear. And so I have to ask my wife, straight up, do you want me to just listen right now or are you looking for a solution? And often she doesn't want a solution. And it drives me crazy. And I'm not sure what to do about that. But that's what she says she wants. And I want to love her well. And so I'm going to try and listen and not offer a solution. 
Yeah, if we can empathize with each other, it opens up our ears, I think, to be listening well so that we can hear what the actual need is. Something that I've seen many of you do well, and I really appreciate this, um, and you've taught me a lot about this, is um, it's one thing to ask someone one question and get an answer, but then to ask a follow-up question that's related to the first question seems simple enough, but it can really open up honesty and vulnerability. Uh, I thought of that as Rachel and now Stacy were talking about it. Um, even just asking someone, how are you doing? And they say, okay, or fine, or something that's seemingly benign, asking, why do you say fine? Or why has it just been okay? A number of you do that for me, and it always makes me pause and say, am I being really honest about how I'm really doing here? And so many of you do that well here and have done that well for me and my family and have shown me more about what it's like to listen. Um, and it's hard to go that extra mile and ask the extra question because it takes time. What if, what if I ask, why do you just say fine? And then 10 minutes later, they're still telling me how it's not so fine. Um, it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes humility to lean into that. But man, that's where the goodness really happens. That's, that's where we go from being uh, people that see each other at church to being brothers and sisters in Christ and really knowing one another and being able to minister to one another. Yeah, giving, giving people time is important, but it's, it's so good. It really is. Something important about people for us to remember is that we're eternal. And this is something that Jesus knows when he loves us, that every, every amount of time that you invest in another person is an eternal investment. I would hope that you guys can keep asking these questions of each other and others like them, and that this is just the beginning of us <clears throat> practicing uh, listening to each other better. As Jason said, you guys already do this well, and you are to be commended for that. And I just want you to know that even when we do it well, there will be hiccups, right? Uh, Jason and I often talk when I preach here because I don't attend here all the time. Right? I run ideas by him, and I'll say things, and sometimes people will still come up after uh, the service and say to Jason, what was that guy talking about? Right? Even though I try to make it so that I'm clearly understood, it doesn't always happen. And so know that we hear that, and we try to address that, and we will always try to address that. We always want to hear when you don't understand or when you have questions. We want to keep asking you all how we can communicate better, how we can listen better. So hopefully this is just the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Josh, for preaching and leading us through this cathartic experience, uh, group therapy here. Um, I asked Josh uh, to preach tonight, um, not only to give me one more week off before I come back to more the weekly rotation, but Josh has been a wonderful, active, understanding listener in my life. And so I thought he would have a lot to say. And um, so thank you for leading us through that. And thank you for participating, everyone. Introverts, I'm sorry. Um, but it's good. It's good for us. We are going to continue next week to practice what we're preaching, literally, as we talk about the E in bless, which is eat. Uh, we will be talking about food. We will be taking uh, communion to remember what the Lord has done in a tangible way, and we will be eating a meal together. So I just asked Josh if I could eat snacks while I preach. So it'll be a hands-on learning experience for all of us. Uh, so if you want to bring a snack, please do next week. Uh, but we'll have a meal after the service. 
Also, one more thing that you need to know before we close for next week. Next week, we have another baptism, praise the Lord, and we are going to do it before the service starts, and we're going to do it out on the patio. So when you get here, we're going to gather on the patio, and we're going to start the service just after five out there with testimony, with baptism, and then we're going to come in here and celebrate what the Lord has done. And we're going to talk about food. So make sure you're here early or on time, and we'll gather out on the patio. Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to the moms in the room. Uh, we are so thankful for each one of you. Mother's Day is a, another opportunity for us as a family to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn because it's a complicated day. Uh, for some of us, it's all about rejoicing and it's all about giving mom her favorite things. For some of us, it's very painful. And for some of us, it's some of both. And so we uh, just want to recognize um, God's work in our life and in our churches. And we want to thank you to the moms uh, in this room. Thank you for all you do for your kids and also for the church. And we also want you to know that if uh, any part of today is hard for you, we mourn with you and I want to pray for you. Would you stand with me? And we'll pray to that end. Father God, thank you that you are with us. God of all comfort, would you be a comfort to those that for a variety of reasons today is challenging? God, thank you that you're with us through our, our difficulties. You are with us through our grief. Jesus, on this earth, you show that you empathize with weakness. Thank you, Jesus, that we have a great high priest that sympathizes with our weakness and our suffering. Jesus, we also rejoice and thank you for the women that you have put in our life that have molded us and shaped us and made us into the people we are today. God, thank you for the amazing women in this church and how they love so well. God, we uh, thank you for how you provide the things that we need. Thank you for spiritual family. Thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ. God, thank you that you listen to us. The God of the universe is not too busy to listen to us. And we're so thankful. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us what mercy and compassion and listening looks like. God, fill us with your spirit so we may listen well and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. as we go out into a world that desperately needs good news and desperately needs to be listened to, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in grace and we'll see you soon.